Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Podcast Network Asia. Look, I mean, the stats don't lie. Like the, the GDP growth over the last, you know, 15 years is, is phenomenal. And, and that, you know, kind of uh, high tides lift all boats, as they say. Uh, it would be pretty hard to screw up an economy that has grown roughly 6% year over year. I mean, the wind is really at your back. You know, we saw a young uh, populace, highly talented, highly motivated, uh, digital uh, literate, uh, Western kind of, you know, um, cognizant of like Westernized, right? Yeah, like we all watch the same shows. Like we, you know, it was, uh, we laugh at the same jokes. Like it, it's great. This is like the 51st state of the United States in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I understand. So it makes it very easy to do business here. And, you, you know, there's a, there's a low risk to failing here as well. Salaries are, are different than, than in the West. Uh, you could hire a couple people. Whether it works or doesn't work, you know, you're not out a lot of money. You, you hire Americans at a uh, much different quantum and, and, you know, in three months you could be bankrupt or something like that. So. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning to wherever you are watching this podcast or listening to this podcast here in the Philippines and all over the world. Welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ledesma Podcast. In this podcast, I like to interview the country's pioneering business personalities and trailblazing entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about doing business. What are their success secrets? Can we replicate those success secrets in our own businesses? How have they innovated their businesses during this pandemic? And more importantly, what business opportunities do they see emerging in this new, new normal scenario? Is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please let me know. I would love to learn from them. Just drop me a message. We are also live right now on Kumu and on YouTube. So now we will speak to one of the founders of KMC. KMC is the largest flexible space and talent as a service provider in the Philippines. And I'm sure you want to better understand what it means as talent as a service provider. KMC Solutions has over a decade of experience in delivering forward-thinking office spaces and high-performing teams to over 400-plus global brands and local businesses across multiple industries in the Philippines. They have over 55 flexible workspaces in over 20 locations here in Metro Manila, Cebu, Clark, and Iloilo, and they are growing very, very fast. They just opened up their newest set of locations, and we will find that out from one of the managing directors and co-founder of the KMC Group. His name is Mike McCullough, with his expertise in commercial real estate and his focus on creating scalable real estate services. He has helped countless businesses thrive here in the Philippines. Please welcome here right now my good friend, Michael Mike McCullough. Mike, thank you for joining us here on the show. 
Thank you, RJ. Thanks for having me. Mike, I have to say, really great background. That, that's a live background. That is with a green yeah. screen over there. Yeah, those are real people, actually. Yeah. yeah. This is actually this one is of your offices, right? Tell me a bit more about where you are right now. So uh, we're, we're, we're filming live from uh, the sixth floor of One Ayala, where the former Intercon Hotel was. So we're uh, Ayala Avenue, corner EDSA, above the, um, the new bus terminal and connected to the MRT. And so this one is an actual space that you have that is that is part of the KMC group of offices that you manage. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We're 27 locations today. And uh, this is one of our newest, one of our largest locations. We have uh, six floors here. Um, we're almost fully occupied. Uh, this is a very large uh, co-working and then event space. Um, there's probably two events a week. Uh, a lot of startups come in here. Um, we host uh, business chambers. We host um, the independent investor events. Uh, yeah. Very interesting. And it's actually set up to be a, a, a studio itself, right? That's why you're having, a, you're having a nice conversation with me from that area. Yeah, hopefully I'm coming in loud and clear. I got some uh, lights here to help, uh, you know, illuminate me. And uh, yeah. Well, congratulations on your newest location. And I understand that you have one more in, in SM EDSA North. Is that right? Tell me a bit, a bit more SM about that. SM North EDSA. Okay. So, and you know, that's kind of our uh, dedication to all of our clients and, and a lot of the talent that lives in the North. So uh, Quezon City being, the, you know, the largest um, uh, city here in Metro Manila, a lot of people are living either in Quezon City or in those um, provinces next to Quezon City, like Bulacan. And, and you know, SM North EDSA is very well connected. It's kind of the gateway to the north. Fantastic. Uh, tell, tell us just how big that office over there is, right? On SN North. So th that one uh, is about 20, uh, 2,500 square meters, uh, roughly about 500 desks, uh, big co working space, beautiful views, and training rooms. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful space. Excellent. Okay. Now, Earlier on, uh, I was saying when I introduced you that KMC is not just an office provider, but talent as a service provider. And, and that might not be uh, a concept that's easily understood. So what is the elevator pitch that you have? You know, I often tell people on the show when you have a startup. I know you guys are not a startup, no, but, you know, what is that elevator pitch? You have to be officially, by the way. But yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we, we hire talent on behalf of, uh, very disruptive, you know, multinational companies that uh, that are searching the globe for talent. And honestly, there's so many highly talented individuals in the Philippines, and we're really lucky to be able to connect with them, and uh, as well as our, you know, multinational corporations. So uh, you're you're a big company, but you don't have a legal entity in the the Philippines. You talk to us, we connect you with talent, we pay that talent. Uh, you know, legally, compliantly, and uh, everybody's happy. Oh, I see. So basically, you're not only offering office space, you're offering sort of like the full suite of package for an international company to come in. And that's right. We're, that's the real differentiator, I think, from us is it, we're really a one-stop shop for, for companies that, you know, the, I, I think the biggest pain point for many businesses is really how do I find that great employee or or my co-founder or, you know, We've definitely set up a, a few co-founders. We've definitely spun out a few companies, as you know, um, and, and that's what we're—that's we, what we solve for for a lot of 
big, big, big brands. Really great idea. And so the way that now I understand when you say you're an office space provider and a talent as a service provider, uh, they obviously when they come to the Philippines, not only do they need a legal presence, they also need an office presence and they also need talents at the same time. And that's what you guys provide from end to end. And, and that's why we try to make our offices look so beautiful because uh, talent goes where they you know, feel kind of respected and feel uh, empowered to get their best work done. Um, it's not always in an office. Uh, you know, the, the future of work is kind of this hybrid flex um, coming in a few days a week. And, but when you're here, you're in a, a place that is very collaborative. Um, there's a lot of social uh, elements to our office design. We have bars, you know, some with alcohol, sometimes without alcohol. Uh, um, depending on, you know, some of our corporate clients don't want alcohol on premise. Some of the more fun tech startups are okay with some alcohol on premise. And of course we have our world famous ice cream machine soft serve wow. that, that that's going on Thursdays uh, at lunchtime. And yeah, it's, we do things a little bit differently. Now, having said this, Mike, this is a very interesting discussion we're having that, that you were able to think, think of this sort of this overall solution, but I guess it took several years to be what KMC is here right now. And if you don't mind, I want to go back to the, to the secret origin of KMC. But before that, what I often ask questions about is like when expats like you find their home in the Philippines and create a business over here, you know, um, I find it personally very inspiring because there are many Filipinos who, who see the entrepreneurial or even opportunities for career or work outside of the country. They're, they're better outside of the country than they are over here. Uh, but you, Mike, you saw the Philippines from your own, I guess, entrepreneurial lens saying that there is opportunity here. What exactly did you see that you chose the Philippines as a place for you to do business and, and set up a company from scratch? Yeah, so uh, more or less, I actually got sent to the Philippines by a Filipino in San Francisco who said, hey, man, we need a, a tech delivery center. So, you know, hired developers. Um, in Makati City, uh, and this is you know late 2006, and they sent me. I, I came here as an employee. I wasn't on you know any sort of amazing tech pa uh, expat package, but uh, I was definitely fairly compensated. I got here at a very young age. Uh, the energy in the in the country, especially you know in 2007, uh, it just had a very special um, energy and appeal, and uh, obviously. Filipino people and the work ethic and their, you know, desire to kind of build a middle class, you know, really resonated with me and I enjoyed every moment, um, you know. So uh, after that contract came up, they said, come back to San Francisco. And I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm staying out here. And uh, yeah, you know, things worked out, let's just say. And what do you continue to see as the, I guess, from a macro perspective of why there is just so much business potential or business opportunity here in the Philippines? Because it's kept you here. Um, and, and right now you're, 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 you're married and you've got a Filipino wife. So, you know, I guess it's been a very, it's been a very productive experience. Over and, and three kids. That's, three that's kids. real product. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's right. That's reproductivity over there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. So, um, look, I mean, the stats don't lie. Like the, the GDP growth over the last, you know, 15 years is, is phenomenal. And, and that, you know, kind of... Uh, high tides lift all boats, as they say, uh, it would be pretty hard to screw up an economy that has grown roughly 6% year over year. I mean, the wind is really at your back. You know, we saw a young uh, 
populace, highly talented, highly motivated, uh, digital uh, literate, uh, Western kind of, you know, um, cognizant of like, Westernized, right? Yeah, like we all watch the same shows. Like we, you know, it was, uh, we laugh at the same jokes. Like it, it's great. This is like the 51st state of the United States in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I understand. So it makes it very easy to do business here. And, you, you know, there's a, there's a low risk to failing here as well. Salaries are, are different than, than in the West. Uh, you could hire a couple people, whether it works or doesn't work. You know, you're not out a lot of money. You, you hire Americans at a much different quantum and, and, you know, in three months you could be bankrupt or something like that. So that type of arbitrage, I guess, you know, can work really well for, for a startup. The other thing is, this, you know, being in a startup, you get a lot of help. Like it, when I was living in San Francisco, I'm doing groceries, I'm cooking, uh, I'm doing uh, laundry. There's a lot of help over here and you can be really focused as an entrepreneur um, and, and, and hire other people to do some of those um, menial tasks that distract you from running a business or building a business or scaling a business. And, and when you say that one, how do they, I mean, I, I understand that you bring a lot of businesses here. So I'm, I'm presuming that a lot of them are the outsourcing related business process, outsourcing related BPO or, or knowledge processing uh, related. Why do they see the Philippines? I mean, you're seeing that because you're here and, and you've yeah. seen the landscape, but how are also these people living in the other countries, uh, these executives or these people doing BPO work? What are they seeing about the Philippines as well? That, that they want to do business here, let's say, as opposed to yeah, other... I mean, look, um, I think that cultural affinity makes it very, very easy for Western companies to come over here and, and hire people that uh, answer emails, pick up the phone, uh, can, can do U.S. healthcare work, really. I mean, there's you know, educated nurses that are probably underpaid uh, in hospitals that can um, generally say might, might make more money in a uh, healthcare kind of uh, outsourcing companies. So there's just a massive supply of talent that wants to work, that um, wants to learn, they want to improve their lives. Like it, it just makes for a perfect recipe for many of these uh, for foreign countries to come over here and, and uh, grow, grow a huge team. Got that. Now, I'm going to go back to when you came back over here and you're, you're initially brought here as sort of like a talent developer or a talent talent search. You're here for talent search. Yeah, right? I had to recruit, you know, uh, high, high skilled uh, developers. I mean, uh, in 2007, we were paying 150,000 pesos a month, which is, you know, pretty senior level uh, developer back then. And uh, it took me, you know, probably 15 interviews to hire the one. Um, one, you know, I'm a good guy and it took me a year to get to 15 senior devs. Wow. And having said that, when, when you started this journey, uh, you still had the sort of like, I would say, corporate or employee mindset. When did it, uh, when did it shift from employee to sort of like, okay, I can, I can become an entrepreneur? Because I know your contract was coming up, so that must have weighed heavily on your mind. But then, yeah, so let's, let's switch, go on, yeah. So basically, you know, you know, the, the, the timeline is, you know, 2007, great, worked for this company, everything was uh, great, and then they wanted me to go back to San Francisco, and uh, that wasn't going to happen, I guess, right? Uh, I worked for, with another uh, startup, actually, 
which uh, a friend of mine was was running, a friend that I made in Manila was running here. And then 2008 happened, global financial crisis. Uh, I literally had to shut down the office and, and then he said, look, there's no money left in the business or even in the bank account, like December 15th of 2008. Wow. That's when I kind of went from being uh, an employee to uh, uh, entrepreneur, let's say, you know, a consultant, sure. Um, and that's when I you know, went in, uh, with my business partners, Greg Kittleson, Amanda Carpo, and uh, they said, look, we have all these companies coming in. We're helping them register their legal entities, but every single one of them needs an office. In order to register, you need like an office address. And they, like, there's an opportunity here. I said, look, I will find them whatever office they need. Uh, I will walk the streets of Legaspi Village, Salcedo Village, and I will find the best, cheapest, whatever office that, that, that these companies need. And that's how I got started in commercial real estate. So your background isn't actually in commercial real estate. It was, it was not at all, man. Uh, tech, technology, uh, software development, custom databases, hiring tech teams. And, uh, yeah, you know, when life gives you lemons, uh, make some lemonade. Yeah. So, I mean, I, this is interesting right now. So it's basically the school of hard knocks, which got you started off in commercial real estate. Yeah, for, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, wow. and it, it was fun and different and challenging. And uh, the very first commission check was a hundred thousand pesos. I, I thought I was, you know, rich. Um, <laughs> I mean, literally, like, like you know, two thousand eight. Like my, my my stocks dropped. Like I didn't get paid. Uh, there was no severance package. Like there was literally, you know, uh, you're you're kind of ending the year with almost no money. And uh, I was pretty happy to make, you know, our first hundred thousand pesos. We then used that money to in incorporate KMC. We finally got our uh, SEC approved uh, March 9th, 2009. Wow. Um, I want to go back a bit more because um, what I find interesting, I hope you don't mind that this is the part that I find interesting. What I find interesting is an American expat walking the streets and trying to negotiate a good rate uh, in a Makati office. How was that? I mean, how was that like for you? Because, I mean, it's it's already a bit it's a challenge right, as a as a Filipino to do that, but I guess more so as a as an expat going around looking for office space. How yeah, look, like? it, it, uh, I don't know. I don't think I could ever do this again. I think I just timed it perfect. Like you know, global financial crisis, a few empty offices, people desperate to rent out those offices, uh, put two and two together. Um, it's it's it's. Look, it, you know, brokerage is a hard business no matter what. Um, and uh, I look, just got lucky. Um, we were given a lot of leads, but you also have to match those leads. And, and it's not always easy, you know, negotiating with some of the bigger developers who you know, didn't want to uh, negotiate on prices. And, and, and there was a mismatch in the market between where rates were and what people were willing to pay. And that's why we ended up being a landlord ourselves. Because we were like, we didn't care. Like we, we would negotiate five or 10%. As long as we could put two and two together, you know, we're not having to, uh, we were just flexible. And, and that flexibility uh, allowed us to scale to where we are today. I see a really interesting story about, about you know, you just kept on increasing your, 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 uh, your space in the value chain. In other words, you know, this is what you could deliver. You started delivering more and more on what you thought were pain points that were being um, being brought up by by your clients. Hundred percent, hundred percent. We just listened. 
And the first client would say, hey, can you do this? Uh, we don't do that. Oh, okay, can you connect us to someone who does? And then the fifth time we hear it, we're like, mm, maybe that's a business idea. Uh, who wants to run this? You know, could we find a good manager to, to you know, run this service line? Or we just kept stacking services. I love that, just stacking services. The, the value added yeah. to the company just kept on growing and growing. And this is the other interesting thing, you know, Mike, the reason why I, I wanted to meet with you, aside from, you know, finding about what's happening with you with SM North Edsa, was that, you know, like we said, the last time we saw each other was in the uh, uh, Software as a Service uh, Summit, SaaS Summit. SaaScon, yeah. Solutions. And the interesting thing about that one is that when I invited Alex here on the podcast, he was saying, oh, yeah, we were all living here. Maybe we were all neighbors. And, yeah, you know, the, with, with me, what well, was Mike of uh, KMC and these other people? I find that very interesting. I find it to be a very interesting story that all you American expats were actually sort of like what happened with PayPal, you know, uh, and, and, and in Silicon Valley. The, the PayPal mafia or something, mafia, right? right? Sort of like yeah. the American expat mafia uh, who came here in 2008. You kind of stuck in the solution and you, you kind of just help each other out. Bring me back to the time. I find it very interesting. Tell me how's it like when you were living together as, as people struggling to, 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 to create companies here amidst, <laughs> you know, amidst the chaos. Yeah, so you know, Pat, Pat and I uh, are from the home, same hometown in Grants Pass, Oregon, very small town, twenty-two thousand people or something like that. Um, his brother and I, very good friends, we were uh, on the wrestling team together. His brother was an Olympian, and so he was in Beijing in two thousand eight. So Pat dropped by the Philippines to visit me before um, Beijing in two thousand eight, and he also like, wow, this is pretty cool. He was working remotely. Like this is, you know, before remote work was a big thing. And he's like, oh, the Philippines is, you know, good value for money. I can, I can work here. And, uh, and he did. Um, he stayed with us in 37C, which, you know, has, it is like a bit of a mafia. There's a lot of businesses that were started from that. Uh, Ike Stranathan, Dave Foote from uh, Xenia, uh, obviously Greg Kittleson and, and I, um, Pat Gentry. Uh, we've hosted a lot of, uh, now entrepreneurs um, in, in in that space, so it's it's probably got its own story. I, th we'll probably write a uh, blog about that one of these days. But <laughs> so I wrote the first version of Sprout, and we were using it internally. Like things got complicated. You know, we started growing our team. You know, we we're thirty employees, then sixty, then a hundred, um, and you needed basically you know some basic HR uh, data on on all your employees, and then we said payroll. So we wrote the first one, uh, Pat saw it. He's like, this is pretty cool. Maybe I can help uh, build this up while I'm doing my other job. So he's kind of moonlighting. And uh, I think a year later said, look, this, this, this business has legs. Let me take it on. And, um, and he did, and he you know, just hit it out of the park. So, wow. and I'm on his board and uh, still have some shares there. So yeah, very, very happy with uh, Sprout's success. Really great story. And it's nice to see how, how uh, that you're all building on each other's successes. Um, having said that, I'm going to go back right now and, and go back to the origins of KMC. So I understand that that's Kittleson, um, McCullough, McCullough, and Parkour. Yeah, right. And when you look at KMC right now, help me better understand how did it all uh, come together and how did the opportunities emerge? I know that I, I've known Amanda as, as, a, as a lawyer. Uh, I'm not too sure about uh, uh, what Greg was before coming together at KMC. Tell us how, how, how the team came about together and how, how eventually you figured out this is the pain point to solve. Yeah, so I, I met Greg and Amanda 
like the first week I, I got to the Philippines, maybe the first uh, three days, and I was introduced to them by the um, BOI, Bureau of uh, Investments. And uh, we, we had coffee. Amanda sounded kind of American. Her um, stepfather uh, had a bar in San Francisco that I knew I had been to, like just a very, very small world, uh, instant uh, connection there. And uh, a few months later, they said, hey, we have basically what was a co-working space um, available. And, uh, and we were looking for an office for, for our developers So as we were growing. And so we shared an office, became friends. Um, and then we had the business opportunity to help, uh, companies find, uh, real estate. So we incorporated KMC, uh, outside of the, the, the law firm that Amanda and Greg, uh, kind of were running. Um, Greg's background was, um, in, he, he was doing like online, uh, massive multiplayer gaming. So he was kind of like tech and, uh, entrepreneurship and, he was doing social media. He had a like early, early like a Facebook um, company. Um, I'm trying to remember what, 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 what it was called, but yeah, you know, young guys having fun, and uh, who 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 knew we would have created what we created today? Uh, truly amazing. And let's go back to the first account. I mean, this is what people always ask: the first account that you had to close. How how was that like? That was the that was the hundred thousand peso account. That's right. That that we were yeah. Using. I mean, I, I, like I remember like it was tomorrow like or yesterday like uh it was a seo company from the us they wanted to hire you know 20 to 50 um copywriters and and kind of seo experts and i found a space it was 200 square meters at 500 pesos per square meter fully fitted chairs desks the whole thing and uh closed my first deal and that, that, that space was the fruit of the crisis right yeah, basically, it was, it was another company that fitted out their office. It was maybe a year old, you know, in beautiful shape. And uh, yeah, somebody else took it on and rented it out and everybody was happy. So in every crisis, there's an opportunity to be had. That's so, right. Yeah, that's, that's right. So, you know, we, we really built ourselves uh, in a crisis and we were doing essentially co-working where Hey, it's ten companies. Rents maybe a million pesos divided by ten. It's all it's a hundred thousand each company. I mean, with no profit, no margin, just literally this is cost divided equally. I mean, we we were doing this fourteen years ago before it was kind of a thing. I see. I see. Uh, you were doing co-working space be before it became co-working space or co-office space. Yeah, we just called it. Hey, uh, we we've got a big office and we have extra office space. You want to like you know come in on it and. Uh, we had a bunch of, yeah, we had some pretty interesting characters come through. <laughs> um, now, after the first one was closed, tell me a bit more about uh, how you kind of grew the company from there. Because, uh, you know, right now, KMC is very well, for those, uh, for me, I mean, from, I'm from sort of that industry. I know that you brought in a lot of the biggest um, outsourcing companies here to the country to do business. But tell us, how, how did you grow it from, from that one SEO and that's about the journey, how you start to grow, uh, to grow KMC. Oh man, it, you know, uh, 2009 was quite the, or two, yeah, 2009 was quite a struggle. Like it's the, you know, bounce back of the global financial crisis. Um, we were able to find uh, a very young, talented uh, employee named Rosario Carbonell, Cha Carbonell, and she applied at some other uh, brokerage firms. 
and they were like freeze hire and we're like this girl's great like you know let's uh let's hire her and she really kind of helped build the playbook of doing tenant rep which is getting a list of all the offices and prices and then you know we were just hand delivering clients there there are so many companies were looking to come to the philippines back then uh to to, to you know get into that uh labor pool of you know high quality affordable hardworking talent and how are you able to come across these clients? I mean, it's interesting that, you know, you're able to build the back, I would, I would call the back office processes, right? Basically to get all the spaces in line ready for them. How were you able to market your services there? Was it, was it based yeah. on your network already or were they coming to you? Uh, we, we, were, uh, we were really ahead of the, the game in terms of uh, search engine optimization. <clears throat> so we had a couple websites. We ranked uh, one, two, three, four on Google for multiple search terms, and that was really uh, the focus of Greg and myself. It was a skill that I'd known of um, probably since 2006, and and something that we had offered uh, to our clients in, in San Francisco. Mm, interesting, interesting story. So, so we were really ahead of it before anybody knew SEO. You know, locally, we were doing it. We were conquering. You know. We were really, uh, I mean, sometimes we'd have like the first six results on page oh. one of Google. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Wow. Uh, interesting. So these companies, these 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 companies which wanted to outsource or offshore to the Philippines, they were seeing you first in, I mean, in those nascent days of, you know, using the search engine and, and figuring things out, they were coming yeah. across you. Um, can you give me just an idea of what were the type of companies that were coming in here at the time uh, from, from the U.S. or from the world? Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, anything and everything. I mean, <clears throat> some, of the, some of the bigger ones were like uh, QBE Insurance. Um, they came in here and then, you know, looking for 30 staff. I think they're like 3,000 employees now. Um, we, we did you know, all the real estate work for Task Us as they went from a five-person company to 200 to I think they're 25,000 now in the Philippines. Um, you know, we've, we've been lucky to work with some real, uh, real leading um, disruptors. And, and, and Uber, when Uber first came to the Philippines, nobody knew who they were. I was from San Francisco. I knew exactly who Uber was, right? Like, Dude, just come to my office at any price. We don't care what, you know, we don't need to make any money. I know Uber's like the coolest, you know, business. They were very uh, disruptive back then, right? And so, yeah, I mean, 
what, they started putting 300 drivers through our office and we told them they had to get out after that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. But great, great, great story. Um, yeah. It's been fun. Amazing. And I'm sure during the time of building the company, um, there are also a lot of times when you undergo, you know, not for all entrepreneurs, there, there's nobody who hasn't gone through the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. People only see the successes. They don't see a lot of the failures or the hardships. Was, share with us if you don't mind, because people just see the success of KMC. What yeah. are those times when you felt like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna close up shop and go back to San Francisco? Were there, were, did you have times like that? Or, you know, you, you just said, you know, this is not worth it. Yeah, time. there's, you know, definitely in the early days, there's some tough times. Like, uh, we had lost an account. There was like a big chunk of our space. Um, and you're just like, oh, like, it just will take months to fill again. And like, you, you go from being profitable to, you know, making a loss. Um, we had a lot of issues with the internet in the early days. Uh, it took us a long, long time to, to really get that working. And um, as we scaled, we had to buy more expensive, like firewalls and switches. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, those are super challenging. And, and when you're hosting like literally call centers, and they're like screaming at you like the internet's not working um and you're trying to figure it out is it pdt is it globe is it buy and tell uh is it a firewall is it the switch like restarting everything not knowing what's going on like yeah i mean you're like yeah you're, you're, you're yeah you're you're like man what am i doing here and um but how, how maybe What's the mental state that you should put yourself in? I mean, we all talk about resilience, all about grit. But when, when you get into situations like that one, I guess, what's the why that keeps you going? So, you know, you say, okay, we're going to go through these times. But, you know. You know, the, the, for me, I was like the self-learning of like, okay, fine. I'm going to read the manual on this firewall. I'm going to, you know, YouTube it. I'm going to read like, okay, how do I set up the VLANs? How do I... Uh, prioritize voice traffic over not uh, over data traffic. Um, how do I create VLANs? Like you know, everything was the, the first three offices were you know, literally. Greg and I painted our first one. We were taking out the trash ourselves. We were vacuuming the floors. Uh, a month later, we finally found um, uh, you know some help to to you know do the trash and and, and the cleaning, but. That's kind of the, I guess, American spirit where you kind of roll up your sleeves and you're doing a lot of the, the, the hard work initially yourself. Um, I personally, um, with a team of OJTs, crimped all the um, Cat5 cables within the office. So I crimped wow. them, you know, connected them to the switch, connected them to a faceplate. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, the, you know, those are the things you do. You can't afford uh, a third party. In, in, in the early days so um, yeah but the, 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 that you know learning how to how to do something uh it was always a challenge right like how do we scale this how do we get a better device uh, okay let's you know what are the different firewall options and uh where do we pick our uh where's the next location for us um yeah it <clears throat> it was challenging and then and really fun Speaking of fun, we've got a lot of fans uh, fans commenting here right now. I have this big, she seems to be a super fan. Her name is Isa Giron. Says, I love you, Mike. 
That uh, would be my wife. Okay, then she's a big ex-girlfriend. Big yeah, <laughs> ex-girlfriend. Isa, thank, Isa, thanks so much for letting us borrow Mike for this podcast and for letting, letting me share his stories. And we also have over here, um, Carl E. Frankie Ramirez saying hi, Mike and RJ. Hi, hi, Frankie. How are you? Thanks so much for listening to the show. Really appreciate uh, you guys coming. Hope you guys are enjoying so far. Uh, I mean, uh, this you know, some of the sacrifices. Were that like I was putting in you know twelve hour days and and getting home at like two a.m. Uh, so the the early days of dating was you know not so easy. Yes, well, I mean, I'm seeing over here. Um, I'll sit Sankyanko Miel Mel saying that's our big boss. He is very hands on. So again, that's one big <laughs> lesson over here. I guess especially for many Filipino, uh, I guess uh, people raised over here as well. Sometimes you know they, I like how you said you know the American sort of mindset of you know. You know, you get your hands dirty. You gotta, you know, uh, go out and do it. We're not yourself. afraid, I guess. Yeah, we're not, we're afraid. not afraid. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I want to move forward a bit more. And you know, as you were growing the accounts, you said that you were you were out there. You were lucky because you know you had SEO. I mean, you figured out SEO when you needed to figure it out, right? You came yes. in right time, prices. So there are a lot of office spaces still available at good prices at the time. So. Yes. It's like a perfect storm for you guys. So you were able perfect to grow storm. the business and scale it. Um, where was that point when you were doing business, Mike, where eventually you said, hey, KMC's going to make it? Or you know, there, there's a time, oh, I can't believe we've grown KMC to this size. When, when did you feel that for KMC? I mean, there's a couple of times, right? Um, we, we had closed a really big deal with uh, ANZ, uh, a bank from Australia. And they're like, hey, well, for a discount, can we prepay you six months? And that was like music to our ears, right? So boom, they wrote us a check. It was 13 million pesos. It like literally helped, you know, just like cover all the bills for, for months, right? And uh, that, 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 that was like the biggest check of our life uh, probably at that time. That was a great moment. Uh, never forget it. And then uh, when we started getting our first love letter from the BIR. That's when and it was like... The, the amount that they wanted was like more money than we had made probably in like five years combined. Like, I don't know where that number came from. Like they just, you know, make numbers up in the air and I guess negotiate from there. So, uh, that was kind of like, Oh, like the, the, our finance employees, Oh, you know, we really made it now that we got this, uh, uh, letter of authority from the BIR. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ivan Trachkovsky saying over here, an amazing success story. Thank you for all that you and KMC do for our business. Thanks so much, Ivan, for dropping by and saying hi. Um, oh, nice. That's one of our clients, so. Oh, then you've got uh, you've got an instant testimonial over here <laughs> that you can use. <laughs> oh, my. Um, so, really great stories. Tell, tell us right now, so we know that you started off with that one office, the 100,000, the, the, with, the, with the, the first SEO office that you had. Tell us right now, 10 years later, just how big the scope is of, of uh, KMC. Yeah, so, you know, we just exceeded over 100,000 square meters. I think the number's like 108,000 square meters. Um, we're approaching 20,000 uh, deaths today. Um, I know that because uh, I think next month we're going to try to plant 20,000 um, uh, mangroves up in up in La Union. So uh, one for each desk. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, now, now that you know it's it's been it's been a decade since you've been out there. We know that you started off with office space and probably town as a provider service, uh, a town provider service. What exactly uh, 
you guys have to pivot and change right now. What are the current state of services that you guys offer that have been that are different or have evolved from when you started off? Yeah, so you know, in the early days, it was uh, space, and you're renting a desk. Now, sometimes we thought that, oh, why don't you take it for eight hours, and we'll rent it to somebody else at night for another eight hours. Uh, that was fun. Uh, we finally, you know, really started making money when we kind of were able to double rent out the desk. But it ended up being just a complete nightmare. Somebody stole my alcohol. Somebody stole my mirror. Uh, the the keyboard's dirty. Like anyway, um, then then we gave people their private offices that they had dedicated to them for twenty four seven. That was kind of like you know the the, the growing stages. Then we started saying. People came to us. Can you help us with our HR and payroll? Can we just put the employee under you and you handle all the HR and payroll? So then we started running HR and payroll, created HR and payroll software, aka Sprout, spun that out. Um, uh, we then got into kind of recruitment, which is you know talent matching. Hey, I want to hire a digital marketing expert. Um, okay, let us uh, you know work our network and and bring you this. Uh, bring you five great employees, you pick one out of the five. Uh, so that has been kind of the, I guess, uh, stages that, that that we've gone through uh, in terms of services. Now it's uh, co-working, virtual office. Um, we now are getting into co-living for our, just only our clients. It's not you know available to the public. It's just for uh, our clients and our, our employees. And where do you see, I mean, I, I see the success and I see where you're taking it. It's really providing a one-stop shop solution as you keep on raising the, you're your, your, your stacking your products, right? For what you can yeah. offer your clients. Where do you see the company about two to three years down the road? Do you see, do you see yourself going on an IPO? Do you see yourself expanding regionally? Do you see yourself stacking more services onto what KNC is offering right now? Yeah, so we we've paid a uh, you know one of those like big four consultants a bunch of money to help us map out what the next five years should look like, and uh, they've definitely suggested, and we've been offered this a bunch of times. Uh, we we we've been looking at you know do we get to Malaysia? Do we get to Singapore? Do we get to Vietnam? Um, especially, so many of our clients have come to us uh, looking for tech talent, and there's great tech talent here. Maybe not the same scale as India or Vietnam. Um, so you know we've got those uh, countries in our radars, and uh, we make it there uh, sooner than later. Got that. Uh, I'm just a bit curious. Uh, as I, as I, you know, you left the states in 2007, planned to stay over here, and I mean I don't know what your folks might have been thinking, your parents might have been thinking in the U.S. Like, what's he gonna do over there? In, in, in the Philippines, right? And you, and you go back here right now and you've got a very successful company. I know you just got back from, from your vacation in the States. What do you, what do your, what does your family make of the whole thing? You know, they, they yeah. must be impressed, but how, how is it like? It took, it took my parents, I think 15 years to understand what I actually really do here. Cause we do so, so many things. There's, you know, we started with uh, real estate brokerage, um, which we still have, and then we we got into project management and uh, construction, which we you know which is growing rapidly. Um, but really, with KMC Solutions, it's you know building an office, uh, beautifully design it, um, make a lot of collaborative spaces. And uh, my mom came over last Christmas for the first time ever, and she got to see um, all the work that 
we've been able to do here. Um, and she was one of the early backers, right? Like, uh, hey, mom, can can I get a loan for you know ten thousand dollars? Like, okay, sure, sure, son. What are you, what are you doing? It like, okay, well, we're getting our first office, and it's you know, we we gotta buy some furniture, we gotta buy some laptops, and yeah, I mean, uh, all of our moms, like Greg's mom, Amanda's mom, like they've all been able to write us uh, checks, thankfully, and uh, finally the banks were cheaper than our parents. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it took a while. It took a while. So, are, are your moms? Yeah. I guess your moms have made ROI. <laughs> well, you know, they were loans, so yeah, they they, they got paid back uh, well, with interest. Paid back, so they have no, they have no, they have no equity in the company now. They have no equity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really so, but you know, what one of the things is just um, that just keeps us growing is uh, the access uh, of great talent. You know, companies are looking everywhere in the world now for the first time ever with this whole like remote from uh, remote work. And some of the best companies in the world, they're able to find talent right here in the Philippines. So there's no reason to leave. Like if you're if you're a Filipino here, like you can literally get a job working for a global company and you could be living in uh, La Union or, you know, Batangas or Cavite, whatever. Like there's massive. Um, demand for 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 talent now and and the world has become flat over here it's a, I, i'm planning the castro saying that's great going international looking forward building more kmc outside the country thanks so much tani for listening in and we also have darius borero saying awesome uh sir mike thanks so much for all the work that you're doing so thanks guys for 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 uh, for giving the feedback and i want to go back to a point that you just raised now you, you talked about you know that there's you know if you that it's we're a great talent space, right? So there's an opportunity for talent. Um, if you were to take a look right here right now, I often ask uh, many of the people I invite in the podcast to, to share with us, what are what do you see as opportunities? Like you saw arbitrage as an opportunity between the States and the Philippines. And that's yeah. the biggest issue that you saw over here in terms of you know income arbitrage, talent arbitrage. What are you seeing as the opportunities overall in the BPO space, in talent as a service provider space, uh, it doesn't have to be directly related to your business, but rather in the ecosystem uh, that people can still get into, that entrepreneurs can still enter into and, and grow over here in the Philippines. That, that, that's not necessarily down the road from what you guys do. Well, this is more your space, but like, if you look at like food and beverage, I mean, you look at the success of um, pickup coffee. Like, who would have thought? Like, you know, put up like a stall, uh, have like lines out the door at all times of the day. Uh, I drink the coffee. I like it. Um, you know, uh, like my employees are, they drink it. Like, uh, the, there's literally lines out the door in some of the buildings that, that they're in with, in, you know, we're in some of the, the same buildings. So, I mean, there's opportunities in food and beverage. There's opportunities in uh, hospitality, um, domestic tourism. It's huge. I mean, uh, the, the rates that we have to pay sometimes for a hotel in the Philippines versus, uh, a five-star hotel in Thailand, there, there's a big, big difference there sometimes. Wow. And, 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 and with regard to talent, you were talking about, you know, you're, you're a uh, service, you're a talent service provider. What exactly are the talents that people are, that are in demand right now? And how can people take advantage? I mean, you can take advantage of it as a personal entrepreneur, you know, making my skill set correct for whatever's coming in. 
but is there also a way to look at talent from a larger perspective? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the most kind of like the, the category of talent that we hire the most of is for financial planning and analysis. So these are accountants, um, people doing uh, business analysis. Um, I mean, they're doing everything. They'll do procurement, global procurement. Uh, I mean, they're in high, high demand. We, we, you know, we hire them by the hundreds, really. Um, some of the other sectors, workforce management, um, healthcare, U.S. healthcare. Yeah. And in terms of um, how have the industries that are looking at the Philippines changed or evolved since the time that you started doing uh, you know, the work that you've been doing in 2007. I mean, what, what, what's different now coming into the Philippines? Has, has, the, has it changed because uh, demographics have changed, age groups have changed? Uh, what, what's different well, now with the companies? Coming I, in? I think the most important thing is the skill sets have changed. I mean, the skill sets have been massively upgraded since, since I got here, right? Like, we were known as, like, the voice capital of the world. Um, we've really outgrown that now, and, and we're doing so much more high-level, uh, what we call knowledge process outsourcing um just a lot more brain power is 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 has been developed um we're not just doing voice we're not doing customer support we're doing um way more advanced stuff you know there's actually data scientists going on here there's ai people there's um hardware software uh guys being you know uh, dyson made a massive investment in the philippines because they knew they could get uh, hardware engineers and uh, high-end manufacturing people to, to work here. So, wow. big so brands. You see a lot of these big brands coming in, for, especially for talents in the Philippines. Now, um, what uh, is there, in terms of the companies, have they, I mean, it's basically outsourcing, but higher level of outsourcing. I guess it's more knowledge-based right now or skills-based yeah. outsourcing. Um, how about the kind of companies, the profile of companies? Are they still... I mean, in general, it's like I, I used to assume it's insurance, healthcare, medical care, because you yeah. finance. Yeah. What, what's a lot, different? A lot of finance companies uh, finance coming companies. in. Yeah. Um, especially with like the US banking crisis kind of brewing. Uh, I think banks are a lot of, under a lot of pressure to uh, cut costs. JP Morgan took a big brand new office. They were actually supposed to be in Wan Ayala, um, and they ended up going to uh, BGC instead. So Wells Fargo is growing. They're you know hiring probably five thousand people over the next couple of years. Uh, yeah, just a lot of new brands. Um, there's you know companies like Starbucks. They're actually here in the Philippines, but they don't have a shared services firm. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to kind of get out of Seattle. The, the the Seattle talent pool got expensive. Nobody wants to work in an office. Um, some of these processes are sensitive. They want people in an office. And uh, you can get affordable office space in the Philippines, and you can get high quality talent. Wow. Um, Hill Carlo Cruz is commenting here right now again, Facebook. My idols. Hi, Mike and RJ. Thanks so much, Hill, for, for listening in on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, Mike, just an interesting question. This has been coming up in many of the forums that, that I've been attending about you know, AI and fourth industrial revolution, especially here in the Philippines. They're saying you know, that AI is going to affect uh, our outsourcing industry because it'll take away a lot of jobs. Yeah. For me, I, I, I need to know from, from the ground, what are you seeing? Yeah, look, I, I definitely think probably 100,000 jobs are at risk. But at the same time, we're going to grow a million jobs. So 
you know, net net, maybe it's 900,000 jobs uh, that will still be created. I still think that's probably a good uh, result at the end of the day. But yeah, some of these, you know, lower skilled jobs will, you know, will get replaced um, with, with AI, with software, with uh, uh, automated call center kind of uh, resolution stuff. But is it that scary? Uh, I don't know. You know, there, there's very talented, creative people, and it's very hard to outsource or, or AI that. Great. Thanks so much. You know, Mike, it's been such an interesting discussion. I didn't, I didn't think we'd, we'd, we'd uh, go this long, but we're almost uh, uh, done an hour over here. So I want to go here right now, and, and for the benefit of those listening right now, I want to share with them maybe some of the things that you've learned over the years, maybe your, your management hacks that you've gained. Uh, if you were to share maybe two or three things that you've learned over the years uh, that would have accelerated, uh, I guess, your journey towards uh, success or, or a great performance, what are those things that you want to share with people listening to us right now? Sure. So probably one of the first ones, um, I hope Pat said this, uh, Pat Gentry for, for, from Sprout, or Pat and Alex from Sprout said this, is uh, the 1% a day rule. Um, when you're working at a company, there's just so many things you need to fix. But we just try to fix, you know, one. And if you do one percent a day, fix one percent a day in in a year, that's three hundred sixty-five percent kind of improvement on the business. Um, one of the other things, uh, working in the business or working on your business, um, when you're the one fighting all the fires and putting everything out, and everything has to go through you, you're working in the business, and you're not able to work on your business. So that's you know one of the things I've kind of learned and. Try to take myself out of the process. Try to take one step back so I can see the uh, forest through the trees. Um, the other one is uh, a guy named Vern Harnish, and he he's got a couple books out. And it's people, strategy, execution, and cash. You know, get the right people on the bus, uh, set the strategy, you know, execute, and then really focus on cash flow. As you know, cash is king, and uh, Getting, trying to get paid by some of these conglomerates is a complete nightmare. Um, I helped write like a, a, a bit of a biz buzz article during the pandemic that if all the biggest companies, like top 10 companies, they just paid their suppliers on time, like net 30, we wouldn't have like any sort of crisis. Like they wouldn't have to go to the banks. Just pay your suppliers on time if you're, you know, kind of the, the bigger players, especially the bigger developers uh, weren't known to do so. And that would keep keep the cash uh, going in, in in the economy, which I feel is really important because um, you know SMEs they don't have ready accessible cash. That's right. Uh, by the banking sector, and they're the first ones to, to really get pummeled uh, during COVID. And on a, on a more personal note, I know that it's difficult to be an entrepreneur. I, I'm, I'm my wife and I we work together in the business, so you know. It had its own set of challenges. And for your ex-girlfriend, now wife listening here to the show, I mean, it must have been a challenge here as well. And any advice at all for these entrepreneurs coming up and they have to balance personal life with, with, with you know, building the business? I'm sure not all of us had the perfect solution, but we had something that we had to work with. What, what, was, what, what, were, you, what were you working on? Um, look, I think, because uh, you get so distracted now. It's so easy. Like you get a message being, you know, uh, try to put, uh, a rule down, like no cell phones at the dinner table. Um, so, you know, when you're there, you're really present and that's not easy right now. There's so many distractions, uh, in life. And then I, I tend to take kind of these mini, uh, vacations, you know, where I'm off for like 
you know, four days, me, kids, uh, family, wife, you know, that way the rest of the week, you know, you may not see me or I may not, uh, be mentally there, but yeah, but at least on the weekends you can spend quality time and, and, and not be uh, distracted by devices and yeah, it's a big issue. Okay. Thanks so much, Mike. Uh, Mike. Yeah, please go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I've, I've been to a lot of like nice restaurants where I see two people on a cell phone at yeah. dinner. I just, I, I just hope that's not me. Yeah. I hope my wife is not listening to this discussion. No, no, I'm just, just joking about that. Uh, um, and with that, Mike, just in case people are here right now, they're interested to find how they can work in KMC, either as a, they want office space or they want their talent who wants to come on board to offer their services. How do they get in touch with KMC? I mean, look, for, for KMC, we tr really, truly try to make like the talent experience um, amazing, right? Like we, we, we roll out all the stops. Uh, we throw phone parties. We're a little different uh, probably in terms of how we treat employees and then some of the other uh, companies. So we, we definitely try to make it an uh, enjoyable place to work. Um, so yeah, KMC Careers, uh, search us. We're, we're, we're hiring. I think we have 260 open positions right now. Um, we'd love uh, people to join us as we, as we continue to grow. And having said that, I want to put up my last comment over here from one of the people listening to the podcast from Stephanie Priscilla Yabot saying, that's my boss, the best in the business. We wow. see now getting a raise right now after we're done with this podcast. <laughs> but Noted. Thanks so much for all the great comments. We really appreciate everybody who listened to the podcast. Mike, so thanks so much. Learned a lot from you. Hopefully, uh, there are points where we can collaborate with our businesses because you know business is all about collaboration. We'll have talked to you after this offline. But again, guys, thanks so much for thanks, Gerald Fernando. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate this one. Thanks for listening to the RG Ledesma podcast. We will see you in our next podcast. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. Thanks so much, Mike. Mike Thank, you. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks, The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.